Kia ora and welcome to my podcast on the kaka. I'm Bernard Hickey. This one's done from the back of a cab on the way to the airport. Uh, I'm headed for the Reserve Bank's monetary policy statement. That's due out tomorrow at two o'clock and there'll be a news conference at three, which I'll get a chance to ask questions. Uh, In today's email, I wanted to have a closer look at the relationship between government spending and the stimulatory effects of budget 2023 and the relationship with population growth and in particular strong net migration. There's a very useful chart that's come out from Westpac's economists in the last day or so, which I include in the email newsletter, which shows that real government consumption per capita actually drops very quickly over the next two to three years. Now, that's at odds with the narrative uh, that we hear in the political debate and also what we hear from the financial markets in the wake of the budget. So for regular readers of the email, on the Friday, I talked about how the Treasury had seen Budget 23 as effectively stimulatory in the first year or so of the budget outlook and then deflationary in the following three years and that the net effect over the four years was detracting from economic growth. The economists looking at the budget, however, saw the budget as more spendy, more inflationary than they had expected and they pointed out that the Treasury saw a fiscal impulse, an inflationary impulse from the budget, about one percentage point of GDP. Now, Treasury has analysed this in the past and estimated that a one percentage point increase in GDP was the equivalent of having to hike the official cash rate by 25 basis points. So you could argue that if there is going to be a 25 basis point increase in the official cash rate tomorrow, that at least partially the government's slight loosening of fiscal policy in 2023 was responsible for it. However, um, it's not that inflationary that the Reserve Bank is likely to come out with an all guns blazing, we're blaming this on the government statement. Uh, Even if it was all the government's fault, I think the Reserve Bank would be reluctant to come out with such a strong statement. But um, given that the impulse is only one percentage points of GDP, which you could argue the Uh, uh, the Reserve Bank had included in its thinking, given that it knew about the cyclone uh, effects um, a few months ago, that this is unlikely to mean the Reserve Bank um, blames the government for any increase. However, over the last week or so, we've seen a few of the bank economists start to say, we might get ourselves a 50 basis point increase in the official cash rate from 5.25% to 5.75% on Wednesday and that the Reserve Bank may even pencil in one more rate hike to 6% over the next couple of months. Now, if that's the case, um, it certainly becomes a political issue and we'll be watching closely and know that I and others will be asking questions about whether fiscal policy has forced the Reserve Bank into these rate hikes and then we'll see whether the banks pass that on into higher fixed mortgage rates. My personal view is that they're unlikely to given their current desperation to get some lending growth going 
and they're starting to use their strong profit margins to compete for market share. And they always compete for market share in mortgages, nothing else, because they're mortgage banks, not broad banks in the way that we think of banks in the past or overseas. So the question is, um, why are we seeing uh, such strength in the inflationary impulse? And is it all the government's fault? And what happens when you take into account the very strong net migration we're seeing at the moment? So when you look at the last three months of net migration, we're looking at over 34,000 people coming into the country. Now that is much, much stronger than expected. And um, when you annualize that uh, rate, you see more than 100,000 people coming into the country over the calendar 2023 year. Now that is three to four times faster than what Treasury was expecting. And that changes the equation somewhat on just how stimulatory this budget is. Now, bear with me. When you look at the per capita effect of government spending on the economy and the per capita stimulation, it's actually not as stimulatory as you would look if you looked at the overall picture, the nominal total stimulatory effect. And you can see that in the chart uh, put in there from Westpac. Now remember that that chart also includes the Treasury forecasts for what net migration is likely to do over the next two to three years. And Treasury is forecasting a reversion to the mean. Uh, this is what you often see out of uh, Treasury and others uh, when you have a spike in net migration. StatsNZ, for example, <laughs> currently have baked into their projections for the population a net migration of 25,000 per year every year until 2073. That's how they're doing it. Now, Treasury sees the numbers for this year at closer to 60,000, not 100,000, which is the current run rate. And then they see net migration falling over the next three years to an average of about 40,000. So even Westpac's chart there showing that there is a sharp drop in per capita real government consumption spending doesn't take into account the even faster population growth that either Westpac is forecasting or is currently happening. Uh, my view is that migration is likely to be faster than um, what Treasury is forecasting. There is enormous demand for workers and of course there's a lot of worker hoarding that's going on and a lot of pressure on small business profit margins which um, many would like to uh, reduce by bringing in cheaper workers. We also don't know what's likely to happen at the election. If there's a national government elected, we're likely to see looser migration settings and tighter spending. So you would see the deflationary effect of the government really um, blow into the economy uh, over the next couple of years. Now, the reason I, I raise this is just to get people thinking about what this net migration surge means for the overall issues we have with infrastructure deficits. So if you're growing your population at 100,000 per year and you actually starve capital investment in the out years, so in the first year of the budget it was quite strong capital spending, but if you look, and there's a chart included in the email newsletter, you'll see that there's two or three years of uh, reduction in capital spending in the out years. So in effect, the government is not forecasting 
for any infrastructure growth to account for the fact we might have a population growing at the rate of two, two and a half percent per year. That is just uh, unrealistic. And it's interesting if you see the quotes from Westpac in today's email newsletter, they also question whether the government can credibly hold on to that tightening of fiscal policy when you have enormous pressure on infrastructure from the sorts of population growth we're having. And I make the point that uh, if you want to make sure you get a surgery or you get through the southern motorway, uh, you'd, uh, you'd better think again if we continue on with this sort of light infrastructure spending with fast population growth. So that's today's look at that relationship between uh, net migration, government spending and the government stimulatory uh, effects on um, not just the economy overall but what might happen with monetary policy and interest rates ahead of tomorrow's monetary policy statement from the Reserve Bank uh, and a press conference with Reserve Bank Governor Adrian Orr. And also I welcome in the comments your questions for tomorrow's news conference which starts at three o'clock. Kaki Tano, I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka.